Good morning, Coastal. How you guys doing this morning? Hey, can you guys help me welcome everybody watching at our Lighthouse Point location and joining us online this morning? We love you guys. We're so thankful you're hanging out with us today. Well, if you don't know me, my name is Shayla. I am actually Pastor TJ's wife. And a while back, well, thank you, yes, you can, you can, you can cheer for me because I get to deal with him all the time. <laughs> no, TJ is incredible because the man that you see on the stage is also the man that I see at home and in every other aspect of his life. And I wanna honor my husband in that way because yes, he's my greatest cheerleader, my greatest advocate, and pushes me to do things that are uncomfortable, like preaching. <laughs> but you know what, I, I believe that God's given me a really special word today because I had, TJ asked me probably several months ago, he said, Shayla, on this weekend, I want you to preach a message. And so I had been preparing and just kind of marinating and going over a message that, that God had been working out in me for, for months. And on Monday, I sat down to, to kind of put the finishing touches on that message and God said, Shayla, that's not the message I want you to preach. And I said, God, are you, are you sure? Because it's Monday and I have to speak on Sunday. And so here I am this morning with a really raw message, with a message that I think can hit home for so many of you because I think many of you are experiencing the same things that I'm experiencing and I know that sometimes God wants to do something in us before he does something through us and God has been doing something in me and today he wants to communicate through me and I just wanna tell you guys this morning, I don't have it all figured out, this is a work in progress. This is a challenge. And there's been things that God has been doing in my life and he actually brought me to this story on, uh, gosh, I was losing it in the front row. So I'm sorry, like if my makeup's all over the place. And you know, God brought me to this story, which is a story that I've read over and over again. It's a story that I've heard preached time and time and time again. And it's the story of a king named Jehoshaphat. Now, how many of you guys wouldn't want the name Jehoshaphat? I mean, I like to give people nicknames, so I was trying to think to myself, what is a nickname for Jehoshaphat? Were they like, yo, J-Fat, Fatty. Like, I'm weird like that. It just has nothing to do with the message, but like, I think that way. Like, how can I remember this guy's name and come up with those things? But it's really, really cool because this story is so significant in how we walk through moments of uncertainty or moments where we feel overwhelmed or moments when we're walking through difficulty. And Japhat was an amazing king. <laughs> he was awesome. You know, actually the Bible talks about in the beginning of this story about how he was leading the whole nation of Israel through a spiritual awakening, a spiritual revival. It says in 2 Chronicles 19, Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem and he went out again among the people from Beersheba to the hill country to Ephraim. 
And this is good. It's when a king gets with his people. A king begins to interact. As leaders, we begin to interact with people. We go into all of the different places. These were small cities. And the king is going and he's meeting with these people. And revival is beginning to break out. And a spiritual awakening is happening in the nation of Israel. Boy, we could use that in America right now. And you know what, I believe that God is doing something really special here at Coastal Community Church. That there's a spiritual awakening, that there's a spiritual revival beginning to take place in this community, in our church, whether it's here in Parkland or in Lighthouse Point, God is moving. And so Jehoshaphat is, is kind of leading the nation of Israel through this spiritual revival, this spiritual awakening. But I don't know about you, but there's many times when God is doing something great in my life and then all of a sudden, attack comes. All of a sudden, difficulty comes. It's like you have some great days and then all of a sudden, you're on a mountain and then you're in a valley. You are having vision, it's like the Super Bowl. You have this amazing Super Bowl and then you have like the day after the Super Bowl. Or like you plan this amazing party but the next day you gotta clean up. Like there's something good, but then many times there's something challenging, especially when you begin to lean into God spiritually and you begin to go, you know what? I'm gonna surrender my life. I'm gonna follow Jesus. You know what? When you become a friend of God, you become a foe of the enemy. And all of a sudden, attacks begin to come in your life. And this is actually where we pick up the story because what happens to Jehoshaphat, what happens to the nation of Israel is this, in 2 Chronicles 21, it says this, after this, after what? After the spiritual awakening, after the revival that's beginning to happen in the nation of Israel, what happened? The Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Minyanites, and the, all the otherites <laughs> came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. So they're in the middle of this spiritual revival, this spiritual awakening, and, and when that's going on, they're starting to become attacked on all sides. Sometimes it seems like everything goes wrong at the same time, right? It's like it comes in threes, we all know that. It's like this happens, then this happens, then this happens. So they're fresh off of this spiritual awakening, and all of a sudden, there's all of these armies that are coming against them and in 2 Chronicles, it says this, some people came to Jehoshaphat and they said, a vast army is coming against you from Eden and the other side of the Dead Sea. And they said this, it's already in Hezan Tamar, meaning there's no time to prepare, it's almost here. How many of you guys can relate? There's no time to prepare and it's here. The diagnosis is here. The job loss is there. The air conditioner breaks. My car breaks down. There's no time to prepare. It was good and then all of a sudden, it's right here in front of me and what do I do? And in this moment, Jehoshaphat is completely overwhelmed. And I don't know if you can relate with that, but I sure can. And it continues on in 2 Chronicles 3. It says, alarmed. 
Basically, he's freaking out. He's overwhelmed. He's overcome with this situation, alarmed. But it says Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And I don't want to just pass by this because there's some of us that the problem is there and we're freaking out and we're overwhelmed and we're overcome in this moment. But what Jehoshaphat does is he says, listen, I am going to resolve to inquire of the Lord. And that word resolve means to firmly determine to do something. And in this moment when he's overcome and he's overwhelmed, he says, I am going to firmly decide that I am going to go to God for the answer to what's happening in my life right now. And I think there is a reason why they use this word resolved. Why he was so determined to inquire of the Lord. Because if you look back just one chapter, Jehoshaphat began to fight a battle that wasn't his. I think some of you might be doing that right now. So what happens is just the previous chapter, there's another king, a horrible king, that if you go back and read the Old Testament, you will see him mentioned over and over and over again, the despicable, nasty things that he did, and his name was King Ahab. And King Ahab comes to Japhat, and he's like, dude, will you just link up with me in this battle? And Jehoshaphat knows it's not his battle. And so Jehoshaphat goes, hey, can, can we have this prophet come tell us if this is something that we can do? And Ahab goes, yeah, we can have the prophet come, but he always gives a bad report. And so the prophet comes and he says, listen, if you do this battle, the Lord is not going to be with you. This is not the battle to fight and it's going to end up being bad for you. But Ahab goes, man, come on, we got this. This guy, he always says bad things and let's just ignore that and go. And Jehoshaphat goes into a battle that is not his, that God did not tell him to fight. And King Ahab gets killed and Jehoshaphat nearly loses his own life. And so when this says that he resolved, to, he firmly decided to seek after God in this moment and to inquire of the Lord is because he's going, I don't want to make the same mistake that I made last time. I don't want to enter into a battle that is not mine. And there are some things, some of you guys have been fighting a battle that is not yours to fight. And there are things that are constantly trying to draw you into the wrong battle, the comment the slight of a friend, the thing that person just says in passing just begins to ignite your spirit and you're just drawn into a battle and you're frustrated and that battle is not yours to fight, but it's taking your energy and it's taking your focus. Listen, TJ, people try to get TJ and I to fight battles that aren't ours all the time. Why don't you talk about this? Why don't you address this? Why don't you get more political? Because that's not my battle to fight. My battle to fight is to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience, know, and follow Jesus. My battle is to fight for people's spiritual freedom. My battle is to fight for redemption in people's lives. My battle is to fight for hope. My battle is to fight for purpose so that you can step in and fight the battles God has called you to fight. My battle is for my marriage 
so that I can be healthy and whole and accomplishing the things that God wants for us to accomplish. And that's why after 23 years, we don't fight a lot. And it's not because we don't disagree. <laughs> it's because we've realized that the battle is not me and him. The battle is me and him against it. And if we don't learn to line up on the same side of the battle line, we're gonna be fighting a battle that is not ours to fight against an enemy that is not really the enemy. And some of you guys are getting drawn into a battle that you were never meant to fight. Let's go back to the scripture. So Jehoshaphat resolved to hear from God. He didn't want to make the same mistake. He didn't want to go into this battle and all of these people around them and all of a the sudden they're present in front of him and he's overwhelmed. And listen, I think we live in a day and age in a culture where we're overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed with information. We're overwhelmed with news. We're overwhelmed with grief. We can be overwhelmed with guilt. We can be overwhelmed with fear. We can be overwhelmed by our circumstances. So Jehoshaphat is in this moment where he's overwhelmed by what's coming against him. And I think Jehoshaphat and how he responds in this moment can be how some of us need to respond in this moment of our life where we feel overwhelmed by whatever's happening in front of us. In 2 Chronicles 20, 12, it says this, for we have no power to face this vast army that's attacking us. Jehoshaphat's like, I don't have the power to do this. I don't have the army to do this. I don't have the strength to do this. I don't have the ability to do this. He says, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. He's like, this enemy that I'm facing is huge. This circumstance or situation that I'm facing is overwhelming. I'm under attack and I don't know what to do. How many of you guys can relate? I don't know what to do. I have questions. I can't figure it out. I don't understand why this is happening. But my eyes are on you. And I think the first thing that we have to learn from Jehoshaphat's story about how to respond when we're overwhelmed is we have to fix our focus. See, I love what Jehoshaphat says. He says, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna put my eyes on you. I'm gonna lift it up off the problem, up off the thing that I can't understand, that I can't figure out. Because listen, God is not scared of your questions. I love that Jehoshaphat was like, I don't know what to do. I wish we would get a little bit more honest sometimes with God and go, God, I don't understand why this is happening. God, I can't figure this out. I don't know why this is happening in my marriage. God, I don't know what to do, but here's what I do know. I need to put my focus on you. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. We are not gonna have the ability to figure it out in these moments. And listen, God's ways are not our ways. He's gonna tell you to do things that don't feel natural to what you're supposed to do in that moment. He says, lean not on your own understanding and what you can figure out, 
but seek his will and all of you do. You need to shift your focus. God, my eyes are on you and he will show you which path to take. So Jehoshaphat, he's, he's fixing his focus. He's going, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And it continues on in verse 15. And God begins to speak, the prophet begins to speak, and he says, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Listen, I know what you see. I know that there are three armies coming against you. I know that that diagnosis seems overwhelming. I know that you don't think that you have enough month for the money that you have. I know that you have that job loss. I know that it feels like your marriage is failing. But he says, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, because of your circumstances, because of your situation. And then he says this, for the battle is not yours, it is God's. Listen, church, don't let fear be your focus. Don't let discouragement set in. This is not your battle, it is his. So stop trying to fight in your strength. Stop trying to figure it out and begin to put your focus on him because the battle is not yours, it's God. And he wants his battle back. And some of you guys, you've been trying to fight this battle. You've been taking it up and God's going, will you give me my battle back? It's too big, it came too fast. It is too overwhelming and God is saying, give me my battle back. It is not yours, it is God. So quit taking it into your own hands because God wants his battle back. It's too vast for you. It came up from behind. You can't do it. Give him his battle back. When you can't fight it, give it back. When you can't figure it out, give it back. And how do you give it back? It's a focus thing. It's looking beyond what's coming against you and looking towards what has happened within you, what is within you that says, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And so it's lifting up your focus and going, God, I give this to you. This is your battle. And what I'm gonna do is look to you. And I'm gonna get my focus right in this moment. Because it's not yours, it's his. And can I tell you something, church? I know that we've been in this amazing season where we have been learning to put our attention on God. We have been learning to lean into his spirit and to understand that we are more than a conqueror and all the I am things that we've learned over the past few weeks. But knowing it is one thing and applying it is another thing. You know, and in a, a, we're moving into a season as a church coming up this next week we're gonna do something called seven days of prayer. Where every morning over the next seven days, starting tomorrow, we're gonna to open up this auditorium, our auditorium in Lighthouse Point at 6.30 a.m. And for an hour, we're gonna come in here and we're gonna pray and we're gonna worship because there's some of us that we are fo so focused on our problems and we need to begin to shift our focus onto how good and we need to resolve to inquire of the Lord. 
And so maybe some of you guys, you need to sacrifice a little bit of time in the morning and you need to come in here and you need to begin to put your focus on him and submit some time in prayer and go, God, I am putting my attention on you and I am giving you your battle back. But he continues on and it's interesting because God's going, the battle's not yours, it's mine, but it's interesting what he tells them to do. In 2 Chronicles 20, 16 and 17, it says, tomorrow march down against them. You're like, wait, 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 hold up God. I thought you just told me this is your battle. I'm not gonna have to fight it, but now you're telling me to march down against them? He said, they will be climbing up the pass of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jurel. He says this, you will not have to fight this battle, but take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. So Judah and Jerusalem, he said it again, do not be afraid or discouraged. Do not let fear be your guide. Go out and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. He's saying, I want you to march down against the enemy and you're not gonna have to fight, but I want you to get in position. Not so that you can struggle, but so that you can see the deliverance of the Lord. And there are so many of us, and I think this, this is something that he's trying to, to show them. He's, he's going, listen, the battle's not yours, but it's mine, but there's still a response that you need to give. And what I see here is number two, you don't need to give up, you need to show up. You don't need to give up in the middle of the circumstances, in the middle of the challenge. You actually need to show up. And God's going, the battle is not yours. It is mine. But what I want you to do is take your position. I want you to stand firm. And I want you to see the deliverance that I am going to bring. And some, here, here, here let me tell you something. Some of you guys, you're like, God, I've given this battle to you. It's yours, I've surrendered it over and over again. God, I've, I've given it to you, but, what, but you haven't shown up in your marriage. You haven't shown up with the kids that are, are causing some difficulty in you. You haven't shown up in your budget, in your financial issues. God's going, yes, the battle is mine, but you need to take your position and show up. Just because the battle's mine, I need you to show up so you can see my hand moving. You know, I've been walking this season of something a little unexpected that has come in my, my own life. You know, TJ and I have seen God do so many incredible things in the life of our church. I mean, we've seen God do incredible things here at Parkland to the point we've had to expand our facilities and, and do all those things. He's doing amazing things at Lighthouse Point. I mean, we have an awesome facility in church in Lighthouse Point and we have an elementary school and a preschool at that location and all of these things that we got when we, when we took over that church and all of those things are blessings and you're seeing God moving. But also, can I tell you something? Those blessings also turn into burdens. I still gotta pay for this place. <laughs> like now in Lighthouse Point, you know, you bring on a school and a preschool, you're like, I didn't know I was in that business. I don't know what I'm doing. The blessing becomes the burden. The marriage that you prayed for is now the thing that you feel is burdening you. Yeah. 
the kids that you are on your knees. God, I want to have kids. Lord, help, you know, heal me or restore my body or whatever that is. And you have that. And now that's the burden that you're carrying. And so what's happened for me in this season is I've had to step in to some leadership and make some really hard decisions in this season where I feel overwhelmed and ill-equipped and, and I've had to kind of step into some things that I don't understand and I don't, just don't feel good enough for. And I remember knowing that I needed to do these things and what God was telling me to do, this was my battle to fight but I realized, like I, I, I was living in this surrendered place going, God, I don't know what to do this is gonna have to be you working through me. And I remember waking up one morning and TJ going, and I, and I said to TJ, TJ, in this season, I need to show up. And I, and I said, listen, if, if ever there's a day where I wake up and try to make an excuse, you need to remind me that I need to show up. And there's some of you guys that the battle is before you and God is going to fight that battle and he's gonna have victory for that battle, but you need to keep showing up. You need to keep showing up in your marriage, not with passive aggressive comments, but you need to show up and be present. You need to show up for your kids instead of trying to escape in your work or escape in the bottle or whatever that might be and you need to show up and be present. And God is still fighting that battle. You will still be victorious, but some of you guys are not seeing the victory because you're not showing up. And God wants to move in your situation and in your circumstance. But we can't give up, we have to show up. And what they actually did next was so remarkable in how they showed up especially with the enemy staring right in their face. In 2 Chronicles, continuing on in verse 20 and 21, it says, early in the morning, they left for the desert of Toka. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and he said, listen to me, Judah and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. He's, he's just reminding them, listen, we have to know where to place our focus. We have to know where to place our faith because we're going out to, to fight this enemy and you're gonna see all of these people, but I wanna remind you to fix your focus. He says, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness and they went out at the head of the army. They're sending the choir out first. Makes no sense, right? The response that God gives us and says to take makes no sense, but he says, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And check this out in 22, it says, as they began to sing praise to the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. Listen, they didn't fight with the, the physical weapons that we think we need to fight with or the words that we're fighting with in our circumstances. What they did was they made worship their weapon. 
And they sent the worshipers, they sent people that were praising and thanking God in the middle of their circumstances, in the middle of what they couldn't see, they began to make worship their weapon. And here's the thing, worship is not about singing. Because some of you guys, you cannot hold a tune to save your life. And if it was dependent on that, you would fail. Some of you guys, you don't even like music. I'm gonna skip the worship, so loud. This isn't about music, this is about focus. It's about focusing on what's right with God, not what's wrong with the circumstances. And there's some of you today that you're overwhelmed and the army is coming against you. And God's saying, listen, you need to fix your focus, you need to show up, but here's how I want you to respond. I want you to respond in worship. Listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to start praising him because the word says that he is our provider. I want you to start praising him because the word says that he is victorious and we are victorious through him. I want you to start praising him because he is your redeemer. I want you to start praising him because he is your restorer. I want you to start praising him because he is your provider. You have to find what's right with God and not what's wrong with everything else. And we have to begin to make worship our weapon. And I wonder if there's anybody at Coastal Community Church who is willing to lead the battle with gratitude and praise for who God is and not what's happening around you. Because listen, church, it is not a matter of willpower. It's a matter of worship. And we cannot will our way through circumstances. I can't always will my way through addiction or will my way through making my marriage survive or will my way through seeing my kids successful. What I have to do is worship my way through it and put my attention and my focus on the right things. And there's some of you guys in this room today, you're like, Shayla, that's great. but you've been trying to do it on your own. You've been fighting with, with your weapons and your strength and your wisdom. And you've been doing, I, you've been saying, I don't know what to do. God, I don't understand. I don't know how to fix it. Can I tell you, you are not in this room right now by accident. God brought you here today because he has been on a rescue mission from day one. And that rescue mission has been to redeem and to restore the things that we've lost. And some of us have lost hope and we've lost strength. And we're coming in here and we're just going, I don't know what to do. I don't know if you know that you have a God who has seen you since the beginning of time before you were ever born. And he's been going, I wanna help you. I wanna lift you out of that. I wanna give you purpose. I wanna give you strength. I wanna make you victorious. You don't have to do this by yourself. Because I'm here and I wanna fight that battle. You know what, all it does, all, all it takes is just you going, 
God, I surrender. I surrender my ways. I surrender my weapons. I surrender my wisdom. And God, I invite you into my situation to give me strength where I don't have strength, Lord, to give me the ability to see the things that I can be thankful for. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're in this room and you've never surrendered in that way. You've never surrendered your life. You've never just kind of gone, God, I can't do this. I invite you into my life to restore what's been lost. And if that's you this morning, I wanna pray a simple yet significant prayer with you. So on the count of three, if you'll just raise your hand, I'll say that prayer with you. One, two, three. Just, I can't do it. God, I invite you into my situation. Yes, I see you all across this room. If you'll just repeat in your heart as I pray out loud, God, I surrender. God, I give my life to you right now in this moment. I can't do it on my own. I've tried. And right now I surrender that to you. Lord, will you come and fill me with your grace and your mercy and your strength and your wisdom. God, would you give me the ability to live this life victoriously, not from my own strength, but from yours. And it's in Jesus' name that we all said, amen. amen.